ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Oki Podcast. Hello, everybody. Hello. Welcome back to Oki Podcast. Man, today's show, oh, man, I'm pretty excited for this episode, man. I'm so glad, you know, my guest for today made time to, you know, just have a conversation. And um, and I'm really glad that he uh, wanted to come on and, you know, tell a story and, you know, for the listeners that who don't know him, you know, you're going to get to know him. And so am I, you know, this is my first time, you know, meeting him and uh, I'm, I'm stoked. I'm stoked for this episode and I uh, hope y'all are too. Uh, he is a former UNM offensive lineman. Uh, he's, he helps out in all communities that he's in. And I mean, he's just a, a natural role model. And right now he's working his butt off to uh, impress in the NFL draft or the um, the NFL combine to get into the NFL. So for today's episode, man, is uh, it's Teton Saltez. What's up, man? How's it going? Man, it's going good, man. Thank you for coming on, man. I appreciate it. Yeah. Oh, man. So how's it going, man? How you been doing? Doing good, man. Like you said, just training, working out, uh, trying to make sure I cover, you know, cover all those different steps to make sure that I get uh, have, have a good, you know, combine and or get ready for the draft and whatnot. So I'm staying busy traveling a lot, too. So it's, uh, it's been pretty cool. Dang, man, that's awesome. That's freaking yeah. awesome, dude. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Teton. So for the listeners, you know, um, could you tell like your background of, uh, you know, where you where you're from, where you grew up, yeah. and you know how it all kind of went towards you know football? So yeah, uh, so I was born and raised in South Dakota, Pine, uh, on the Pine Ridge Indian Reservation. Um, like I said, born and raised there, went to school there. Uh, my family's still back over there. And, uh, you know, ended up moving to Phoenix, Arizona after that um, for a few years. And then ended up in Albuquerque, New Mexico. So I was kind of kind of moved around a little bit um, initially. But, uh, you know, Pine Ridge is always my home. And I'm, you know, I'm back in Pine Ridge right now. Um, kind of going towards football, you know, like any other res kid, I grew up, you know, basketball is my sport. Um, mm -hmm. I didn't, I didn't know anything about football. I didn't really care much about football. And, uh, you know, my junior year of high school, I got bored waiting for basketball season to come around. And uh, I was like, you know, what, let's just try football, see how it goes. Um, didn't expect anything to happen from it. I just wanted to fill the time, you know, waiting for basketball and, Turns out I was pretty good at football. You know, went out there and I was a defensive end and first game ever and didn't know what I was doing. I had like four sacks and block field goals and like all kinds of different crazy stuff. And um, all of a sudden I get a phone call in San Diego State and then I'm like, what the heck? <laughs> and then I get another phone call, Oklahoma, Oregon, all these big schools started calling me and offering me scholarships. I'm like, oh shoot, well. Guess I'm a football player. <laughs> Dang. Yeah. So it was uh it was pretty crazy. It was a pretty uh, surreal thing, uh, how how it all went down. And it, it happened like overnight too, which is crazy. So wow. Holy yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's in your junior year too, huh? Yeah, junior year. So I didn't my I didn't play football year. my freshman or sophomore year, just junior year, oh. junior senior year. <laughs> how tall are you now? How tall am I? 
Yeah, right now, like now. Uh, six five. Six five. Were you that tall in your junior year, or have you grown since then? Uh, I was probably about six four. So six four grew, grew a little bit. Yeah, I was still mm-hmm. pretty big cat, but grew about an inch or so in college. Yeah. Oh wow. Dang. Oh, hold on. Yeah. <laughs> Man. <laughs> so how was basketball? Were you were you uh, excelling at that too? Yeah, I was. Uh, yeah. I was pretty good at basketball, won a state championship there in New Mexico. And uh, me and my brother, my brother is really good at basketball. He got, he played, he played in a uh, Southern Utah uh, division one basketball. So he was the Hooper, the star. And I was really good at basketball too. Um, like I said, my whole family is kind of all basketball players. Did track and field too. So I kind of did, uh, I did all of the, uh, tried to do as much sports as I could. You know, I always wanted to be a, I didn't want to be a basketball player. I didn't want to be a football player. I wanted to be an athlete, you know. Um, and that's kind of how I approached everything. And it was uh it was pretty cool. So yeah, I was I was a good, I was pretty good at basketball. <laughs> Round, you know. <laughs> Dang. <laughs> Were you getting uh, offers for basketball too? Yeah, yeah. I was getting looks and stuff. Uh I signed really early with football. So I don't I don't know. Like I signed during basketball season. Usually they offer after they'll start off offering after the season's over. Mm-hmm. So I don't know how many offers I could have had or would have had, but like I said, in football, when Oregon and Texas AM and Oklahoma are offering you, I'm like, shoot, I'm no matter what they're offering me in foot and basketball. Gotta <laughs> 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 gotta go, you gotta go with the big ones. So yeah. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Holy crap, man. So what what made you choose UNM over, you know, those other schools that were offering you the um, scholarships and everything? You know, at the time, like I said, I didn't know much about football and uh, I didn't have a, I, I didn't know. I mean, I knew, I knew nothing pretty much. I was just out there running around. Um, I didn't even know the difference between a guard and a, and, a, and a tackle when I was playing, you know, in high school. And I know the difference between a, a DB and a linebacker. Like I had no clue. Um, you know, all that stuff. I didn't, I, I knew nothing. And, you know, guys like me going to the, going to those big organs and whatever, and, you know, we're kind of a dime a dozen at those schools. I mean, you know, they can find talent wherever they want to and send out offers and pick up whoever they want. I mean, when you have a big name like that. And the one thing I didn't want to happen to me was go to a big school and, and fall, you know, fall, uh, fall through the cracks and, not really get, you know, the the nurturing that I needed as a player um, on and off the field. Um, but at UNM, I felt like that would be a perfect place for me to go and still a high level, still high level sports, you know, Division One, FBS. Um, but it would also take the time to teach me the game of football and, and to really like invest into me as a player and me as a person. Um and then I also went to UNM because of one, the huge, uh, there's a huge native community there and uh, they had a really good tribal law program within their law school there and uh, had a good shot of getting into it. So it just all, it was just like a perfect place, you know, perfect for everything. And, and uh, like I said, it worked out now. I mean, sitting where I'm at in life, uh, it was a good decision. You know, it wouldn't change anything. So it was, uh, it was pretty cool. Yeah. That makes sense too. Yeah, yeah. Cause I see that with like different players, like they're so good in like high school and then yeah. they go to these like powerhouse schools and they kind of get lost in that, um, 
that roster, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And that's yeah. I didn't want that to happen to me at all. You know? So uh-huh. if I would have if I would have went to one of those schools, I wouldn't have probably I mean, who who knows? You know, uh who knows what would have happened, but most likely I probably wouldn't be trained for the NFL right now. I'd be done. Um wouldn't have the platform that I have now. because um, I was able to really build myself up a lot at, at UNM. Um on the field, but more so off the field with a lot of the work that I do. And I don't know if I would have been able to, to do accomplish that as well or do it as well at, at like a bigger school or a different school. But, uh, um, you know, who knows? Like there is, there is, there is, you know, plus size going to schools. It's fun. They have a lot more resources. Obviously you're playing in front of 80, hundred thousand people every game, but at the same time, it nourished myself and, invest into myself as much as I possibly could at, at UNM. So it was a, it was a good decision for me. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. They wouldn't. Yeah. I think you would have still done well. Maybe you went to Oklahoma, but I mean, it's just so like, I don't know. As I said, like, you never know. I I, yeah. I could have been really, really good or I could have fallen through the cracks and who knows, but yeah, at the end of the day, at the end of the day, I, did well for myself yeah you did man so, yeah <laughs> so yeah. you know can't complain about anything yeah, <laughs> yeah i'll be a like uh, i always see like your instagram posts and everything and like it's really inspiring man it's really cool to see all that yeah yeah, yeah. And, because um i think i have heard of you like uh when you were coming out of high school and then you did sign with you and m uh yeah and then i was like oh man that's really cool because it said you said you were from uh, up north, you know. Yeah, yeah. Like, man, it's really cool, man. That's really cool, and you know that's really inspiring, man. For like, uh, you know, young football players that are wanting to come up and and you know try to look at a school, and I think you know that that's that will reach uh, their ears, man. Like maybe like they get offers too to like these big schools, yeah. and maybe they'll go to like I don't know Tulsa, still a Division One school, you know, but yeah. where they yeah. can actually shine, you know. Right, you, you know. So were you? Uh, you were a. Let's see, on offensive line, what position did you play? I played right tackle my whole uh, whole collegiate career. Collegiate career, yeah. Yeah. So probably uh, probably going towards the NFL. Um, obviously, if I get drafted or make a team, I'm thinking they're going to move me to guard. Um, because I'm you know I'm a big guy, but I'm not. I don't have the length and all that that that's ideal for an NFL tackle. But uh, I have like a perfect guard body and whatnot. So probably going to be a right guard and in, in, uh, on the next level, which uh, never done it before. So it'll be, it'll be interesting to see how that, how that goes and feels and whatnot. But mm-hmm. I mean, sure, I'm, I'm excited for, to see, to see, uh, you know, what I can accomplish going forward. Man. So what's it been like, like preparing, you know, for the, for the draft and the combine and all that, what's, what's all that been like, man? Oh man, it's been crazy to say the least, you know, (laughs) (laughs) um, it's been exciting. It's been fun. It's been hard, stressful. I mean, all, all the above, you know, uh, but like I said, at the end of the day, I'm doing something that not a lot of people get the opportunity to do. Um, I get to experience something that not a lot of people get to experience and, um and it's fun it's exciting you know i've been traveling around i was in 
Chandler, Arizona for about two months training down there and uh, left there and ended up going to, back to up to Denver for another month for to prepare for the combine and then went down to Albuquerque and trained and then now I'm back in South Dakota training. So I've been <laughs> I've been all over the place doing all kinds of trainings and meeting with coaches, uh, meeting with teams on the phone or through Zoom. I mean, it's been it's been nonstop, you know, since the season ended. Um, but it's been, it's been, uh, it's been, it's, it's fulfilling, you know, it's fun. And it, yeah. it's kind of, you hear about this stuff growing up and seeing it and to actually be in it, you know, um, it's pretty surreal. It's a surreal feeling. Um, mm -hmm. You don't really get to enjoy the process as much when you're in it um, just because everything's moving. So, you know, so quickly and, you finish one thing and then now you're thinking of, all right, what's the next thing that I have to do? Um, you know, so like for me, it's, all right, I did my pro day. Now I'm preparing for the draft. And once I get to the draft, I'm like, all right, now I got to look for rookie mini camp. And so it's always that next step that you're kind of thinking of, but when you do get to kind of relax and sit, sit back and look at everything that's going on, you're like, man, this is not bad. <laughs> it's pretty <Yeah>. cool. <laughs> Yeah, I seen your uh, pro day, man. You killed it pretty much, man. Yeah, I had a really good pro day. Better yeah. than uh better than I thought I was gonna do. So I was I was pretty happy about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you ran a four nine four forty. Yeah. Yeah, and then you put up two twenty five twenty two times. Yeah, that was the only thing that I was a little disappointed on during pro day. Um bench my bench number wasn't I should have gotten at least like twenty five, twenty six mm -hmm. and just wasn't working for me that day, but the 22 is still a, a decent number, you know, but should have been higher, but everything else was pretty, was pretty good in my pro day. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I've, I seen your pro day. I was like, damn, this guy killed it, man. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was very happy. Man. Yeah. Yeah. Was, I just look over and like, after I ran my 40, I didn't, um, obviously I didn't, I didn't know what the time was, but right when I finished, I look back and I seen the scouts and they're all like, their eyes, you know, they're all like, holy crap and they're showing each other their times and i'm like i must have ran pretty good <laughs> and then oh, my agent also was like yeah man you ran a 494 i was like are you serious <laughs> <laughs> What? <laughs> so is that um so is that um what is the combine next like the nfl combine or was no that usually because of COVID this year, um, mm -hmm. they're not doing a combine. Oh, okay. So they're sending out – they sent out, like, uh, combine like combine invites just to do it, you know? Mm -hmm. um, but, yeah, they're not, have, they're not having any – like, the, the traditional combine that you think of. Um, mm -hmm. And in, was it in, in Indianapolis? Is that where they have it? Um, yeah, they're not, they're not doing any of that stuff. So, nor normally, I would do, like, the combine first. Mm -hmm. um and then i would go do my pro day and like retest if i didn't like what i did in the combine um this year it's just all pro day stuff so a lot of a lot of these teams and a lot of us players were we're, we're solely dependent on how well we do in the pro day and unfortunately we don't get to retest stuff so like if, if i put up 22 during the combine on bench i'd think okay that's not that's not great and so during my pro day, I'd retest that and hopefully get like 25 or 26. Or we don't have that 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 luxury this year, but uh, like I, I don't mind it though because it's uh, it's a lot of work and 
from the guys I talked to that that did the combine, they they all hated it, <laughs> which is kind of <laughs> interesting because it's like long days, not a lot of sleep. They don't feed you well. Um, you're just moving and meeting, and it's a lot of work, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but like I said, I'm doing I, I did well on my pro day and whatnot, so this is what it is. Yeah, <laughs> all part of it. Yeah. So are you um. Are you graduating from UNM too? Uh, I graduated last spring with my last undergrad. Spring. Okay. And then uh, right now I'm in a master's program, a master's of law. Uh, about a semester, finish a semester in that, and then some uh, postponing it right now just for football. Um, kind of getting, you know, everything's so crazy. It's hard to, I want to, I want to devote all my time and energy right now into making sure that I put myself in a good position to, be successful in football. Um, and then once I'm more established in that, then I'll go back and finish my, finish my degree up, which is probably next spring. I'll probably finish it, but mm-hmm. yep. Graduated last, last spring of my undergrad. Oh, wow. Congratulations. Yeah. I appreciate that. Man. Yeah. <laughs> Damn. So what was your experience like at UNM, man? What was all that like? Oh, I loved, I loved UNM. Yeah. Like I said, it was, it was a, a big, it's a big university. Um, but it's not it's not too big. It's not like it's like a it's it's like the same thing with Albuquerque. It's a good sized city, but it feels like a like a like a big town. You know, everybody knows everybody, and um, you feel comfortable with a lot of people who you're around. And like for me at UNM, there was like the diversity there. Um, you know how well the uh, the school is as far as like academics. Um, you know, I was really close to a lot of my professors and students and, you know, we have like the pit for basketball, which is pretty like renowned for a, like a college venue. And, uh, I mean, it was fun, man. I loved it. Uh, went by quick. When I first got there, I'm like, man, this sucks. <laughs> <laughs> and then I, you know, and then I kind of got used to everything. And um, before I knew it, I was graduating, which is, I mean, I guess that's, kind of how it goes for everybody you know it goes by so quick but it was it was fun man i i enjoyed it and i enjoyed uh the university and all the people i met there and the resources that i gained and uh and the community really embraced me when i when i was there which is something that you know i'll always be grateful for as a you know as a as a former or alumni you know uh albuquerque unm all they all embraced me and brought me in and Albuquerque became like a second home to me. So yeah, it was awesome, man. I really, really enjoyed it. Yeah. Yeah. New Mexico is pretty welcoming, man. I went to school in Santa Fe, New Mexico. Yeah. 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 Listen, like it's really, like, it's a, it's like a big town, you know, like everybody, like I said, everybody knows everybody, and, you know, good food, all that stuff. So <laughs> it's awesome. Good culture. Uh, and then, then, like I said, it's huge, you know, obviously there's like, the Navajo reservation and all the other little reservations dotted around in there and the Pueblo. And so there's a huge native population there that I, that, like I said, embraced me. Um, mm-hmm. Even though I'm not, you know, a native from that part, uh, you know, we're all, a lot of us indigenous people, we all, you know, we all stick together. So mm-hmm. uh, it was awesome. And I loved it. Yeah. Did you ever get to make it out to any feast days? No, I wanted to. I got I got invited a bunch of times, and 
I've heard how cool they are and like the food and how good it is. And, oh yeah. Uh, festivities. And man, I want to go, I want to go to one. I was actually going to go this year. Um, and then, and then because of like all the COVID stuff, I don't think they, they didn't invite anybody when they had their feast days or I don't know if they did it. Um, mm-hmm. But man, I, one of these days I'll make it out to a few states. <laughs> <laughs> I have to. I got. I got to do it, man. Bro, you got to go, man. It's it's nonstop eating. Oh, That's what I, I heard. Like they, uh, so you start at like one house, right? And then you'll go to like another house. And you just keep. Yeah, I, I had a bunch of friends that invited me. I'm, I don't know what I was doing when they invited me, but I wouldn't. wasn't able to make it. But I'm gonna find time one one of these days. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's yeah. it's crazy because like be full but you still gotta eat <laughs> no stuff in your face yeah <laughs> oh hey, man. I, I could eat man so it sounds like a fun time to me <laughs> <laughs> that's what i thought too <laughs> you see i'm good and you get there you're like no more i'm done you gotta tap out yeah I was like, oh god <laughs> throw up the light throw in the towel <laughs> i guess i gotta make room so yeah <laughs> uh did they have um gatherings over there at UNM? Uh they moved they moved it actually. So they did my first couple of years. They had it at the at the pit. Yeah. Yeah. And then I don't know what happened, but they moved it to like a big convention center. But yeah, I, I used to go check out gatherings almost every every year. Obviously with COVID. I think they didn't do it last year because of COVID and all that. But yeah. sure, I love going to gatherings and all my family who are you know in the powwow circuit, they always come into town. So always go hang out with them go gain 10 pounds from eating at <laughs> there all day and eating but yeah man i love i love gatherings too it was, it was pretty cool man yeah once again that's my favorite part the little food section they got. It's, always, it's always a food <laughs> huh yeah <laughs> oh man that big old fry bread they make and yeah <laughs> those navajo burgers oh man. gosh they're deadly <laughs> i remember the first time i had a navajo burger I was like, what the heck is this? And I put two patties like side to side and this big old fry bread and they flipped it with cheese. Oh my gosh, it was the best thing I've ever had. Making me hungry right now, eh? <laughs> <laughs> Oh man. So like do you I dance? That's one thing I do miss not being there. It's like the food. Uh-huh. Oh the food's my good. gosh. The food down there. And up north, they have is there fry is your fry bread that like that big like that plate size our fry, our fry breads is a little different over here it's not as it's uh it's like fluffier and more sweet oh. and it's like it's they're both good you know um mm-hmm. but i don't know there's just something about that the fry bread down south that's special you know <laughs> yeah <laughs> oh, I'll, I'll eat it all so it don't even matter <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, are you in a? Were you like ever a power dance or anything? But I was really young. I used to power dance. Yeah, um, and then I don't know what happened, but I stopped. But my family, we, uh, I'm starting to get more into the into uh, the social part of like a uh, the powwows and stuff. Because uh, like growing up, my family was really traditional, and we weren't really much of a like powwow. But we, uh, we, we, we did, we sun danced and everything. So we were, that was more of kind of what we did. Um, mm-hmm. Like I said, I'm starting to get more into, uh, my brother had a girlfriend who was a really good, uh, what was she? 
can't remember what I can't remember what what, uh, what style she danced, but her family and all of them were obviously big into powwows, and so they kind of got us into powwows more. So starting to get more into it, but my mom, I don't know what happened. My mom and all all of them, they were all powwow dancers growing up, and like I said, I was I was uh, I was I danced when I was young, like really young, and then just stopped. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I guess that's kind of how it goes. I yeah. was the same way too. Like, yeah, I danced and then I just stopped. I guess. I, don't know. I yeah. guess I didn't know too much about it. I felt like I don't know. Yeah, because when I was a I kid, I didn't. I never understood, you know, what it was all about. I know my dad just got me a a uh, regalia, and yeah. just danced, and I don't know. I just never knew too much about it. So, yeah, I think. I liked watching powwow more when I was younger because it seemed more, uh, it was, I mean, it was more of a true social gathering, you know, and, and there was a lot more, um, it was just more, I don't know how to describe it, but it seems like nowadays it's too commercialized and everything is about money and winning. And it like it's original uh, feeling and meaning and what it was, but, it's still it's still a really cool thing to to go to nowadays, uh, especially how big they've gotten. You know, with the drum groups and the dancers, how amazing the dancers are nowadays. Uh, it's still you know still a really fun time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's true, man. It's like it has like gone to like money and everything. I think that's what happened with the gatherings. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's what gatherings is kind of. I know a lot of people don't. Like if you ask natives about gatherings, either they love it or they they hate it. You know, it seems mm-hmm. like there's no in between. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And like gatherings, a big big complaint I always hear is all the money, like how everything's about money. And um, I don't I don't think gatherings is ran by natives or ran or owned by natives, um, which is kind of interesting to me. I'm not saying mm-hmm. it's a bad thing, but you would think like the world's biggest power would be owned by natives you know but I, I don't think it's i think it's non-natives that own it or do it um which is another thing i hear people talk about but uh you know it's still a cool time yeah and it might not be what it used to be but it's still a it's still a cool way to share share culture and and where you come from and you know tribes of all across the world come together and so it's uh it's still, you know, there's good and bad to it. So, mm-hmm. as with everything in life, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think the last thing I, yeah, yeah, I heard that that non-natives run it, and then they were, uh, what was it that one year they let that eagle go in the yeah yeah arena, and so people were mad at that. So, yeah, <laughs> I don't know why. I don't know. I think it's because I don't know. I have to look that story up again. I can't, yeah. I can't remember why they were mad at that. So that was crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Teton. Yeah, you're um nah, I introduced you as like a natural role model, man. Like I mean, you're just always like like you're a big help in the community, man. So like what what drives that, man? Like I would say how about really big heart, bro. Ways, you know? Um started with my family and you know my grandmother and my mother and all of them i mean they they've been working in the community and 
and and helping as many people as they can well and well before I was even a, a thought, you know, me and my brothers. Um, and growing up, they just instilled that within me to to always try to help people, to fight for people who, uh, you know, to, to give a voice to the voiceless, uh, to stand up for those that can't or don't know how to stand up for themselves. Um, just growing up, that's how that's how I was taught. And it wasn't just um, they didn't just tell me how to be a good person. They didn't just tell me how to fight for people. They showed me through their own actions, through uh, you know, their own beliefs and how they carried themselves. And, you know, I watched them in, in action all the time of, of, of helping people and fight, fighting for, for people and being good role models and, and, and doing everything they can to make somebody else's life better in any, in any possible way that they can. Um, and so I just kind of fell into the role, you know, that's all, that's all I know is to try to help people. That's all I know is to, to stand up for others. Um, and, you know, for me now, now that I've kind of built a little bit of a platform for myself, um, I want Native people, I want all people, but, you know, Native people in particular, uh, Native youth, I want them to have good role models. I want them to look up to somebody um, in a good way who's doing good things in the world and uh, are trying to. And uh, I feel like I didn't have, we didn't have enough of that growing up. Um, and so I thought, uh, you know, I, I want to be that for, for, for people, for, for young people and not just in sports, you know, I want them to, I want them to see that there's more than just athletics. Um, and that's what I try to be as a person. You know, I try to do more than, I never want to be just, you know, one dimensional, an athlete. Um, that's probably the, the most boring part of my life is <laughs> athletics. Cause there's so much more that I tried to do and, and, uh, uh, try to share with people. And like I said, the community service aspect, uh, education, the, the stuff that I, you know, I've lobbied in Washington, DC on behalf of native people, on behalf of, uh, you know, youth, young people. Um, that's the stuff that I want. I want people to see, I want people to be like, man, that's cool. Mm -hmm. And you know, especially back home, you know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of pain. There's a lot of struggle. There's a lot of young people that are raised and, and taught or not necessarily taught, but they're, they kind of come into the understanding of, you know, I'm, I'm from the reservation. I'm native. I'm never going to be anything special. I'm not going to make it off the reservation. I'm, you know, I'm going to be a nobody. I'm this and that. And they fall into that mindset. And I want I want them to see me and, and other other people who have made off the reservation and and say, well, he did it. So why can't I do it? You know, because, um, I, you know, I grew up around the same people at the same place, and went to the same schools. And I want them to see that and, and be like, OK, I can do this. I can I can make something of my life. I can help people. I can be more than what I thought was possible. Um, and that's just kind of how, you know, I try to try to live my life and try to do things is always for other people. Um, so hopefully I think I'm doing a good job. <laughs> yeah. You know? uh, but like I said, it, it just, I would rather, I would rather them. I'd rather, I would rather be the role model than have them look up to somebody who is not doing a good job of, of being 
a role model, you know. So it's uh, like I said, it was all about how I was raised and that support system that I had that unfortunately not a lot of kids have. Um, but I want I want to help be that support, you know. I want to be there for those that that don't have the the same support system that I had. Um, give them that guidance, that understanding of how to how you know how to be successful and to be a good person and like I said to to do good things in the world. So one step at a time, continuing yeah. to build on that. Dang man, it's a re- it's a really good message, man, because. It is like that, man, like on reses and everything. Yeah. Because uh, that's how I felt when I was younger, man. Yeah. You know, like <clears throat> I didn't do too well in high school and I was going to thought I was going to drop out. And then when I got to graduate high school, I was like, like, I don't know. I didn't know what to do, man. Like I didn't apply myself enough to go to college or anything. So I felt. Yeah, I just started working at our local gas station and I was, you know, that same thing you said, man, like, I'm just going to be here forever. You know, I'm going to be here for life. So, you know, it's that whole, it's that cycle, you know, that continuous cycle of, of dysfunction and, and, and whatnot on the reservation and and that mindset and what we, I mean, what we have to do and we always talk about it, but it's a hard thing to do is we have to break that cycle. We, We have to break that chain. Um, and, and instead of a, a cycle of dysfunction and, and, and the same old stuff and, uh, we have to create a cycle of, 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 uh, you know, positive positivity and, and, and good things, you know, we have to, we don't, I'm tired of surviving, you know, I don't want to survive anymore. Native people were, we're survivors. We're good at surviving. Mm-hmm. Well, now it's time to thrive as a community, you know? It's time to really lift ourselves up uh, out of out of all this negativity and, and you know, poverty and alcoholism. Like it's easy, it's easier said than done, but nobody else is going to do it but ourselves. You know, we I always tell a lot of people that we didn't get ourselves into the situations that we're in. You know, as far as a lot of the oppression that we feel as as minority people. Um, you know, we didn't, we didn't institute reservations. We didn't, you know, we weren't the ones that were slaughtering our, our only food supply. We were not the ones that, you know, put us on the, we didn't put ourselves on the trail of tears and whatnot. But now when we fast forward to, to today, we might've, we, we might not have put ourselves in the situation we're in, but nobody else is going to get us out of it, but ourselves, mm-hmm. nobody we have to do it ourselves. We have to take that initiative. We have to, we have to stand up for ourselves and we can, we can, we, we can no longer try to depend on other people or depend on the government to, to do, to do justice by us because we've seen throughout time that that's not the case, you know? So if anybody is going to create change, if anybody's going to do it, we have to do it ourselves. We have to force it, you know? And that, and that starts with, how we raise our children. <clears throat> it starts with how, you know, what kind of home, what kind of household we have. It starts with, you know, our education systems, how we're raising people, you know, like it takes a village to raise a child. And, uh, you know, there's a saying that I, I like to say that it's easier to build strong children than it is to repair broken men. 
So we have to we talk about breaking that cycle. It starts with our youth, our young people. It starts with how we, like I said, how we raise them, that nation building. And when we raise strong, passionate, good young people, and who, and in turn, they will, you know, they'll, they'll, they'll grow up and they'll hopefully be more people out there that, that, that want to do good, that want to fix the systems, that want to no longer live in, in dysfunction, you know, um, and we raise ourselves up, we carry ourselves, um, and we remain strong like our ancestors are, and, and, and we carry ourselves far into the future, um, but the only way we're going to do that, like I said, is, is through our, we have to do it ourselves. Mm-hmm. And I think once, hopefully we can get more and more people to kind of understand that and, and that message. And then we can move forward as a people. Um, but if we don't, then we'll continue. Like I said, the cycle will continue. And the next generation will be screwed up and jacked up and, you know, drinking and, and and violence and going and dying from suicide or going to jail and it'll just continue and continue and continue until we stop it until we break it so the question is how long are we going to allow this to happen you know mm-hmm. and we're getting better we're getting much much better i'm not i don't i'm not trying to harp on like the negative i'm saying you know we're moving in the right direction mm-hmm. but uh we have to step it up a notch all of yeah. us yeah yeah and you're saying what needs to be said which is yeah. really good yeah which is really great you know because a lot of people they don't it's hard to try to say these things and people you know take it and then they take that action with it right so and that's why I wanted to kind of create this, man, just to bring on people, you know, like yourself, man, that are really inspiring, that do a tremendous amount of work in communities. And yeah, you, you know, you're, you're a football player, you're an athlete, man, you're a really great football player, but yeah. I love, you know, the work that you do, you know, with not just native communities, man, but all communities, you know? Yeah. 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 And, and what you just thing, it's not just, I, I don't, I never want to limit myself just to native communities or just to, you know, my father's black or like just to black communities. Or I want to help all people as mm-hmm. much as I can, you know, but obviously starting with yeah, what I know most, which is native and the like minority communities. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And it's uh, and yeah, I hope people listen to this man and they, they hear what you're talking about and everything, man. Cause God, it's, it's really inspiring, man. You know, because I don't know, it's, it's just that that res life, man. It's like it's tough to just overcome, you know, it is. Yeah. Just anything, you know, like drinking uh, the the drugs, you know, the, the domestic violence, maybe the suicides and all that. Yeah. And, you know, it is coming to light, man. You know, all this all these things that are happening in these uh, native communities, you know, yeah, which is good. Which is good because used to man, people didn't know what went yeah. on, you know. So I think it's good, man, that you're spreading that awareness and everything. And yeah, and it's like now, as you know, as adults, we we have to do better, especially when it comes to our children and 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 what our priorities are, you know. Because what's 
what's the excuse nowadays? You know what I mean? When you, for me, it's when, when you know better, you do better. And it's for, I mean, adults on the reservation, I mean, we, we understand, we know what the problems are. We know what it is. But at the same time, there's a lot that we're not fixing. We're not prioritizing a lot of stuff and, and, and our youth in particular, you know, and I don't want to talk for every reservation, but I know back home in mine, um, you know, our tribal government, our tribal council, they, they always come up and children, our children are sacred or, you know, we gotta, we gotta do this for our children. We gotta do that. We, they need more of this, but yet there's nothing for, for, our young, for our young people there. You know, there, we don't have a movie theater. We don't have a bowling alley. We don't have, we, there's literally nothing there. Not even no swimming pools. I mean, we don't, there's no youth centers there. There's no, there's no, there's really no budget allocated towards youth activities. Um, there's nothing for them to do except to get into trouble, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yet we have people that aren't prioritizing, um, prioritizing that, that, that kind of stuff when it comes to, I mean, all people, but I, you know, like I said, I, a lot of the work I do, I focus on the youth because um, the youth, you know, at one day, young people are, they're going to, they're going to be the ones taking over. Um, but I think we have to do a much better job of, of prioritizing young people and, and, and the things that are important to, to building, you know, a sustainable community. And like I said, building, building a thriving community. Um, and I think, like I said, I think that starts with our youth and, and, and what we invest into them. Cause when, you know, when we invest into young people, when we invest into our children, we're investing into our future. We're investing into how far we're willing, we're willing to take this country, you know, our, our, our nation, our tribal nation, our, our state, our country. Um, and likewise, when you don't invest into your young people, then you're setting us all up for failure in the future, you know? Mm-hmm. And that's how, that's how you, that's how you mend it. That's how you mend it. That's how you fix it. That's how you break the cycle is by, like I said, investing into our young people who will in turn lift us all up. Yeah. At least that's what, that's what I believe. So. <laughs> yeah. No, man, that's, I mean, that's like spot on, man. Yeah. You know, I believe that too, you know, and <laughs> I'm older now. So, you know, I'm thinking about the youth, like striving, you know, trying to make, yeah. uh, trying to make the, our homes better and all that, you know, yeah. And whether it be through education, sports, or just having like that mindset of, you know, positivity, you know, yeah. and, you know, bringing it back and, you know, running, trying to run things and everything. But I don't know. I don't know if your council is the same way. Uh, ours is like, it's such an old like mentality. Yeah. Of like just, there's no new ideas, you know? Yeah. We're, we're stuck in the past. Yeah. Yeah. Is yours yeah. the same way then? <laughs> exactly the same way. <laughs> oh my God. It's the same people every year getting back into office. Yeah. And, or yeah. even if they elect a new president, it's the same ideas, the same stuff. And, and it hasn't worked before. It's not going to work if you keep put, putting it forward. You know, we need, we need new ideas. We need fresh ideas. We need to learn to adapt. Um, because and a lot of people don't like to hear it but it's the truth you know we're not 
we're not our ancestors in the mm-hmm. sense of we don't we don't live in the same time that they did. We don't we're not experiencing the same because it's two different worlds, you know. Yeah. And we have to adapt to the world that we're at today. And I'm not saying that in like a I'm not saying like assimilate or give up our culture and who we are, but I'm saying we have to like I said we have to adapt to where we're at because it's a it's a different time. And if we continue to just stay in the past, and that's exactly what will happen. We'll, we'll be in the past and we'll never progress as, as people. Um, we have to progress in the right direction. And like I said, I need, we, need, we need younger leadership. We need good leadership. We need new ideas, fresh ideas, uh, uh, you know, like-minded people coming together to, to push us forward. And, and a, a big problem that we have is, like you said, everyone's stuck in the past. And when we do have, uh, people that let's say they leave the reservation, they come back and they have a PhD or they have, you know, they have all this education and whatnot and they try to come back and create change. And there's a lot of pushback from our own people or from, you know, from the tribe um, pushback and, and, and they, and they don't allow, they don't allow change. They don't want change. I mean, I don't, maybe it scares them, but we need to change to, 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 to grow as a, as a people. You know, we need, we need growth. Uh, and that's, it's not happening. And it's something that, and there's more and more people like, like I said, more young people who are like, you know, screw this. Let's, let, let's take charge. Let's do it. Um, and you're starting to see more and more of that. Um, but like, but like you said, we can't live in the past anymore. We have to learn from the past and move on and adapt and grow and, and, and and right the wrongs that have been done to us um but we can't continue to stay stagnant you know stay stagnant as a people and 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 continue to do the same stuff that we're doing now because it's not working you know mm-hmm. if it worked we wouldn't be in the situations that we're in if our ideas if the ideas that they're put forth or their leadership if it was effective we wouldn't have the issues a lot of the issues that we have but we do yeah you know, and, and the kind of like that was the, the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over the same thing over and over and over and expecting different results each time. You know, that's not that's not how it works. So if you if you want new results, you have to change what you're doing. Yeah. Uh, so, like I said, I, I'm, I'm very hopeful for, you know, I, I, that that we have young people who are going to rise up and. And if we do our jobs and we instill those values and, and that passion and we teach them to put action towards their passion, um, I think we'll, we're moving in the right direction. Like I said, we just got to really, really move quicker. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. One of my friends, uh, he's running for council and he's uh, – I think he's like a few years younger than me. I think he's like uh, 29 or something. I forget. Uh, but he, man, he went off to college and, you know, he uh, got his degree in political science. Then he got yeah. his master's. He's working on his master's now, I believe. But he worked in the uh, in D.C. for the interior or something like that. Yeah. Anyways, he has like all this like knowledge of how things, you know, go within government. And so now, you know things are pretty crazy with our council. I don't know. It's, 
but that's everywhere, I guess. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> so now he's, you know, he's stepping up and he's going to run the, this may. So right. I hope, you know, like, uh, like you said, man, I hope he doesn't get that pushback, you know? Yeah. Because he wants to, he wants to do some things and try new things. And so I don't know how that's going to go with, uh, and that's why I, I hope, I hope it gets in, man. Cause there's, there's so many people like that. I mean, my reservation and other reservation I talked to there, there's, there's young people there. It's not even just young people, but there's people out there with new ideas um, mm-hmm. with that, that want to bring like, you know, a lot of, a lot of good ideas, a lot of, a lot of uh, cool things to like the reservation and different changes that they want to implement. Like you said, whenever they, whenever they try to get in there, there's so much pushback from, from ourselves, you know, we're really our worst enemy right now. Yeah. Um, yep. we, we really, it's like we, we continue to oppress ourselves you know, as a people. And that's one thing. That's another thing that we have to, we have to let go. We have to fix it because it, you know, we're, we hurt ourselves more than we, than we help ourselves a lot of the time um, as people. And like I said, we, a lot of times we tell kids, we tell people to leave the reservation and get educated and come back. But whenever they do that and they try to come back, there's a lot of like, Oh, you think you're better than us? Okay. Well, like kind of like stuff like that, you know, or, oh, so you left the reservation. Now you want to become one of us again, or, oh, you're an urban Indian or, you know, stuff like that. And, and we do that so often. Um, so like, there's a lot of people that, that have, there's a lot of educated Indians out there, a lot of the educated natives and uh, a lot of people out there who, who have a lot of resources that can help, but a lot, of, a lot of times they don't want to come back because of that. They don't want to deal with that. So they're like, you know what? Screw that. We'll just, I'll just stay away and do my own thing, you know? Um, so we have to, I don't, I, don't, I don't know what the solution is, but we have to figure out something to, to, to continue to bring back more. You know, I want people to leave and then I want them to come back. I want them to, when they, when they get educated, when they get all this stuff, I want them to come back and then to build up the tribe. But like I said, we can't keep pushing people away and then shooting ourselves in the foot and continuing to oppress ourselves, you know, because mm-hmm. we're, we're, we're regressing whenever we do that. Man, ain't that crazy, man, how that yeah. happens? Like, yeah. man, you just go off and you do these great things that people say, you know, like, yeah, go off, you know, get your education, you know, come back, you know, help us out. And then when, once you're doing it, like you said, man, Oh, this guy thinks he's better than us, or yeah, and it's always like crazy to me, man. Man, I've heard that too. When I came back home one time, I was somewhere and somebody called me a college boy. Like, yeah, it was like I was like, what the fuck? Like, I don't know. I'll have to send you a video of because I I actually wrote I wrote like a uh, a letter to our tribal council, um, our tribal president. it was like what a year and maybe a year and a half ago, and I wrote a letter and it was, I was addressing their because they, they released like their their annual budget and it was like a pie chart of how they're allocating money and it was just I mean it was a complete joke it was like a hundred thousand dollars towards youth activities, but then it was like five or six million dollars towards travel and like it was it was like crazy stuff and mm-hmm. um, and so I like wrote the council and I made it public and and one of the council uh, uh, councilwoman she read the letter that I sent to them during like lot during a, a, a meeting, a trial council meeting. 
Mm-hmm. And there was almost like fist fighting in there. And one of the council members stood up and she was addressing me. And she was like, well, I don't, I don't know why he thinks he has a voice here. You know, when he's, when he doesn't even live here, he's a college kid off the, off the reservation. He doesn't know what goes on here. And I'm like, this is a member of our council that's saying this. And they're like, he, he, he doesn't know anything. He's just some young kid in college. And, and like, this is on, it's on YouTube. I'll have to send it to you. But, oh man. And it pissed off a lot of people because I'm not, there's so many other like call, like I said, college kids. Like they're 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 talking. She was talking down on young people, on 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 college people, on natives who are away at, at college and not on the reservation back home. And so like a lot of people were really pissed off over it. And I was excited because I was like, shoot, I just exposed how ridiculous they are, you know. And and mm-hmm. and I mean, like there was literally almost a fist fight on <laughs> on the council floor, and I'm like, what? what are you guys doing, man? It's like a reality show. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, uh, I mean, it's just, it's just crazy. And, and these are the people who are in charge, you know, like, it's mm-hmm. not just some random person. Like they're the ones making the decisions for a reservation. And yet this is the mindset that they have, um, which shows like a huge, the huge problem. Of, and it goes back to not wanting to change, you know, or staying, 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 uh, staying stuck in that, in that cycle of dysfunction I was talking about. And, and it's not just my reservation. I mean, it's all, it's all over the place, man. It's, it's crazy. <laughs> it's crazy man. to say the least, man. It's crazy. Oh my gosh. Oh man. Yeah. There's so much that needs to happen <clears throat> within yeah. tribes and everything, man. Like, and the other thing is uh family votes in their family. Yeah. <laughs> with you too. <laughs> Oh my God, man. I think that's why we, I mean, that's why we can't, I'm saying like whenever we get people, we don't have good leadership because instead of like hiring people who are qualified to do the job, they hire their family members, you know? Yep. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, what, are you, what are you guys doing? You complain about how jacked up everything is, but yet you're continuing to do stuff like that. You know, it just, it makes no sense to me at all. It's so counterintuitive to, 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 to what we're trying to accomplish here. Um, it's ridiculous, man. It's, it, it's, it's just crazy. And it's like, it's in the education system. It's in, uh, it's in IHS, you know, it's in tribal government. I mean, it's, it's all over the place, man. It's, it's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah. It's, uh, it's really eye opening when somebody else's tribe does the same thing, man. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I thought it was just, just my tribe, up, man. <laughs> same the same same stuff different place you know <laughs> wow oh my gosh you ever gonna you think you'll run for your council anytime no. later on in life no i like i said unless we get a unless we get an entirely new council and there's just too much like i said they're they're not we uh we're our worst enemy a lot of times and I don't, I don't think, I don't think I'll be able to create, I think I can create more change outside of tribal, the tribal council. Um, I could do, I could do, I could do better and bigger things on my own as far as helping my people than I could, than I ever could if I, uh, if I ran for any, any kind of office in, 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 in the tribe. Um, and I don't think a lot of people would like me if I was in there, because like I said, I would, I would, I'm not an ass kisser, you know, and, 
I'm going to do what I think is right for our people, whether they like it or not. And I think whenever, whenever they're met with that, whenever they meet somebody like that, there's a whole, you know, they all kind of, they, they try to bully a lot of people and, uh, you know, silence a lot of people. And it's just so much dysfunction with all that stuff that I don't even want to, don't know if I want to deal with any of that. You know, I don't, a lot of them don't know what the hell they're talking about, but yet they, they just open their mouths and they just, you know, it's crazy, man. So, uh, maybe, maybe in the future I would do something like that, but right now, no. Yeah. Not now. <laughs> yeah. No way I would right now. Yeah. Unless I got like a bunch of, unless I got together with a bunch of people and I'm like, look, we all got to run at the same time. We all got to get in or else, or else nothing's going to change. Mm-hmm. And that's, and that's, it goes back to like how, even if I was a tribal member, I mean, a, a tribal council on the tribal council, you know, I'm one vote out of how many. And, and unless you change the entire, it's not, it's not enough to have a few, a few new members on the tri, on the council because they're still going to do the same stuff. And, and unless we like change the entire tribal council and executive board and a whole revamp of everybody, new faces, there's no way that any of that, any of that stuff's going to change, you know? So, mm-hmm. so I don't know. Hopefully, uh, like I said, we did, we need, we need, we need fresh, fresh new faces and, and to run. Um, we also need, we also need our people to get out and, and vote whenever election time comes around. Yeah. <laughs> it's hard, yeah, it's hard to elect new people when there's 15 people voting, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's true too. It's yeah. like I remember uh, I was watching the tribal because we just got a new tribal president a few a couple months ago, I think. And you know the reservation they have, we have like forty, at least forty thousand, forty thousand people on the reservation. But yet I looked at like the the voting count, and it was like the tribal president got like eight hundred votes, mm-hmm. and I'm like, we have to we have to have some kind of civil engagement. Because I know a lot of people don't necessarily like politics and whatnot, but a lot of these issues affect you, you know? Mm-hmm. And if we're not paying attention to who we're electing, um, what their platforms are, what kind of policy they're putting for, uh, put forth, uh, are they actually trying to create change? You know, if we're not, if we're not engaging in that, then then we're doing a disservice to ourselves and, and who, and who we are and what we want to accomplish. You know, we can't, we can't sit here and complain about things not changing, but yet we're not, we're not trying to help the process. You know, we're not, we're not doing our jobs as, as, as citizens, as far as, you know, going out and and voting in these elections and, and voting in politicians that we think are, are worthy or, 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 on the, on the other side, voting them out that aren't doing their jobs, you know, um, mm-hmm. that's a big, big aspect and it's neglected, especially in our communities. But I, but I also understand, you know, there's a lot of, like I said, there's a lot of hardship on the reservation and there's a lot of people that when you're trying to feed your family and, and worried about getting a job and they probably don't care much about politics. But like I said, it, that stuff affects you, you know, mm-hmm. and I guess that's, uh, 
I major I majored it because I, I my degree is in political science too, and mm-hmm. I guess that's the poli sci coming out at me, but <laughs> uh, but it's the truth, man. And, and it's not just like I said, it's not just tribal politics. I mean, it's politics in general. You know, yeah. not we don't have enough people paying attention to important issues, and then they get blindsided or they elect some jackass in there that doesn't do a good job, and uh, and then we complain. But I'm like, did you, were you engaged at all with what was going on or did you just actively allow it to happen? You know, mm-hmm. uh, hopefully our, our, our participation, especially in native communities, you know, steps up. Uh, we'll see. Yeah. But like you look at uh, a lot, a lot of times we, we, we think to ourselves that we don't have a voice, you know, we don't. Why should I, why should I, you know, why should I go out and vote and pay attention to all this stuff when my vote's not going to matter or anything like that? But you look at the election this year when it comes, you know, with uh, Joe Biden and uh, Trump, mm-hmm. you no know, big turnaround state was Arizona. Oh, yeah. Yep. And the reason why Arizona, a big, big reason why Arizona flipped blue during the election was because of the Navajo Nation because of the native vote the native vote is what turned it mm-hmm. the native vote in that state flipped the flipped the entire election you know when it went in, in a lot of big states like that and i don't think anybody re- i mean we don't we don't realize how how impactful we actually can be you know when when we actually go out and and actively participate like that you mm-hmm. know so just little things like that. I mean, how even you look at the the Georgia election. Um, what was it? Biden won Georgia by, I think the margin was like a thousand votes. Mm-hmm. Might have been less. It was like a few hundred votes. Um, and so, like when it's it's really, it's, I mean, it it's a uh, it's tough to get people to vote, especially in native communities and whatnot. And I'm not just talking about not just voting, but I mean just being active and and you're you know paying attention to what's going on in, in the in congress uh or what your what your members of congress are doing i mean i could probably pull a random person on the street and say name your two state senators and most people won't be able to do it you know which is kind of i mean that's crazy it's crazy to me that you know, these people are just in office and a lot of, a lot of people don't know who the heck they are, or what they're doing. Um, but yet they're making legislation and voting on legislation and stuff that can directly affect us and what we're doing. And, uh, you know, when it comes to like healthcare and things like that. So, um, that's, that's my hope is to get people, you know, I, I did a lot of, um, like registration stuff this year when it comes to voting and I was out trying to, you know, I was gone knocking on doors, getting people to register and to go out. And I was offering to give rides stuff. Cause I was trying, you know, I, we need to get people more active politically. Mm-hmm. And I guess, especially in, especially in our, in our own, in our own communities. So got some work to do, but we can do it. Yeah. It's getting there. It's getting there. That's, that's the thing right there. We can do it. The question is, do we want to, we can, we can change our, we can change where, what's going on in our place, you know, at our, on our reservations, at our homes, mm-hmm. we can fix a lot of the problems. We can create change 
but do we want to change? Do our because it's hard. Change is hard and it's uncomfortable, but mm-hmm. it's necessary. Um, and I think a lot of times we don't we're scared of change or we we don't want change. And but we have to change. We have to change to move forward. So it's a question of do are you willing to change? You know, are you willing to put forth the f the time, energy, and effort effort to to uh, create change within our communities? And if you are, then let's go. And if you're mm-hmm. not, well, then get the hell out of the way. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Get out of the way. Dang. Yeah, move. <laughs> Spawn. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> oh, yeah. I think the craziest thing I've heard of, like, um, somebody was telling me, I was asking about some, some state questions that we had a few years ago. Uh, like, oh, I don't know. I just go left to right, left to right, left to right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's a lot of people do that. They'll I'm just go. Like, they'll go and they'll go and uh, they'll go to a voting poll and they'll just hit all blue or all red. Yeah, leave. I'm like nobody knows. You don't know what their platforms are or anything. You're just oh, he's Democrat. Right, yeah, <laughs> you yeah. know. <laughs> yeah, it's very uh, frustrating hearing that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like, man, this stuff relates to you, like, you know, in your state or your community, whatever, you know, like, read it, you know, read what they're saying or what they want to do or what these state questions are really doing to, um, you know, our state. (laughs) So, yeah, yeah. It's insane. People are crazy, man. People are insane. (laughs) Indeed, they are. Man, political science, huh? Yeah. Yeah? Political science. I like politics. Yeah? When did you start liking politics? Uh, I've always kind of been, I've always been interested in politics growing up. Um, and then I got, as I got older, um, I kind of figured that that's the direction I wanted to go, was politics, government, um, law. And then uh, I also felt like that was, that was the perfect uh perfect way for us to create sustainable change mm-hmm. um because like you know there's a lot of we we, we want to protest all the time and march in the streets and and there's a time and a place for that you know to, to actually protest mm-hmm. but you have to ask yourself like what is that what is that doing you know are we are we actually changing anything by you know going and, and protesting and and marching in the streets and riding no dapple on billboards and stuff like is anything changing mm-hmm. um and then you have to ask yourself so how do i create change and, and for me I, I always thought well the best way to do it you know the new the new battleground uh is within you know the courtroom is within politics within legislation crafting legislation um fighting and, and changing stuff and uh and in in the through the legal system and you know you look at like even the even the civil rights movement um there's plenty of marching and whatnot but the big changes that were enacted was done through the legal system was done through uh the courts uh was done through legislation you know, the civil rights acts that were the, the civil rights amendments that were passed um or, or fighting, fighting for, you know, land rights, treaty rights, 
within mm-hmm. within the legal system. Um, that's where that's that's where we're going to get significant, sustainable change is is through and within that direction. Um, like I said, we have to adapt, and it's no longer about fighting in the streets. It's more fighting in the courtrooms. It's fighting in you know your state legislature. Um, I think once we get more and more people to to kind of go into that 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 route that direction, and and to learn how to fight, you know, learn how to be a really good uh, uh, advocate for change, and, and and throughout through that process, um, then we'll see a lot more change that uh, that will help us. You know, like over here, the big fight for us is the Black Hills. You know, um, mm-hmm. the Fort Laramie treaties that were broken. And in our land was illegally taken from us, and mar- we're not going marching. You know, marching isn't going to get it back. But fighting in a courtroom and and taking it to the Supreme Court, now that that that's another way how we how we can get it back. You know, we have to learn how to fight in that system. Um, so for me, that's kind of always what I wanted to do. Um, I wanted to fight. I wanted to, to 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 address these issues through politics, through government, through through the legal system. So that's kind of why that's kind of why I went to uh, I majored in political science, and then uh, you know my I'm getting my master's in law right now. I told you earlier, and mm-hmm. maybe going into you know getting a law degree, a juris doctorate, um, and going that direction, that route. But that's always the way I. That's always how I've seen the best way to, to implement change is kind of in that direction. You know, that's what's up, man. Yeah, man. Yeah. That's really good, man. Shit. Yeah. Yeah. You need to, you need to meet my buddy, man. You guys would hit it off. (laughs) (laughs) He loves that stuff too. Yeah. Yeah. It's important. I like it. I like it, but I'm not educated in it like you guys. So I'm yeah. learning a lot about, you know, from you, man. Like, I'm just sitting here listening, like, in awe. <laughs> Damn, so, so you're going to do what? Oh, what was that? Sorry. Oh, what? Oh, I don't know. I was just rambling over here. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> man, <Yeah>. so <clears throat> then you're getting your master's in law, too. So Yeah. Yeah. How far yeah, do you have uh, to go on that? hand in hand so i got about uh about another year and then i'll have i'll have that degree done mm-hmm. and like i said in the future i, I would like to go to go to, go to full full-time law school mm-hmm. um but it, it's hard to, obviously it's hard to do while you're playing so yeah. you know maybe maybe once i'm done playing whether it's a year from now or 10 years from now or whatever it may be uh the plans to go go to law school and and get that further that legal knowledge and and then like i said go to go to work you know who has a good law law program right who's that tulsa university really yeah that's what i've heard and i heard ou is pretty good too yeah yeah you know funny funny that you mentioned tulsa that was my first game i ever started against tulsa oh really yeah we played at tulsa and it was terrible it was like 90 degrees out <laughs> 95 he made percent humidity it was it was miserable mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> how do people live in this man <laughs> i was cramping it like five minutes into the game i'm like dude this is terrible 
Yeah, man, it sucks here that time. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, man, I could not go to school here. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, it's a it's a different kind of hot, man. Like especially yeah. in July, man. It's yeah, like I lived in I lived in Phoenix for a while, and like we'll get up to 115, 118. Uh huh. Well, I would take 118 degrees and dry any day over 85 and humid. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I hate humidity, man. I can't do it. God. Yeah, we got that gross hot, man. Yeah, oh, man. Like, God. You, you walk outside, you, you're just thick. The air is just thick. Like you can cut it with a knife. Like, man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's the worst, man. Yeah, we have a we have our uh, homecoming powwow in July, uh, <clears throat> like, like the Fourth of July weekend all the time, and Dude, it's, I mean, it's a good time. You know, I like seeing everybody, but oh my gosh, I don't, I don't do that hot stuff, man. Yeah, man. it's terrible. Because <laughs> people be camping too. And so yeah. my family, they have a little campsite. So you go there and they have that open fire going and that adds to the humidity. So it's, <laughs> it's like a heater sitting in your face. <laughs> oh my gosh. So I feel you, man. I feel, at least you just had to be here for that. Yeah. Once we got on the plane, I'm like, I ain't, I hope I never come back to <laughs> play at Tulsa again. <laughs> yeah, you should come through though. It'd be it'd be yeah. good. It'd be cool. It'd be cool. It'd be a good time. Mind. My mom, my mom actually was born and raised in uh Oklahoma. Oh, really? Yeah. I think uh it was Okmogi or Mus- or Muskogee was one of them. But, yeah. Mm-hmm. Damn. She, said she, had a, she had a. She said she had a Oklahoma accent and everything growing up. And then she moved up to back up to South Dakota, and she was just getting bullied for her accent and everything. <laughs> I was like, man, that's always my favorite thing. Whenever we'd go down to Oklahoma and play like basketball tournaments, mm-hmm. and then 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 they they would talk to us and they're like, man, you guys got crazy accents. And I'm like, we do. <laughs> oh, you guys have crazy accents. <laughs> Yeah, I remember I uh I came back to Oklahoma and then I, I lost my accent. So, uh yeah, that was good. <laughs> <laughs> I remember when I first moved out to New Mexico, they're they're like, uh, you sound weird. You talk, you talk funny. Yeah. Like, Do I? Like it made me self-conscious of like <laughs> oh god. <laughs> so I don't know how I lost it, but yeah, I'm glad I did. <laughs> and talk like this, uh, yeah. talk funny, T Tone. <laughs> no. You got an accent. No, you have an accent. <laughs> oh man, <laughs> man, that's cool, man. She yeah. grew up in Ogmogi or Muskogee. Yeah, it was one of them. I can't remember which one. But yeah, yeah. She was there for, I think, until she was like eight or nine, and then she moved mm-hmm. away. She was raised here. She wasn't born here, right? No, she was born there. She was born uh, here, raised for a little bit. Uh, my grand, because my my grandparents they they moved, they moved away. Uh, they moved off of Pine Ridge down to Oklahoma when my grandma was was pregnant with my mom, mm-hmm. and then she was born. She was born, and then they raised her in Oklahoma, and then they moved back to the reservation. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. During the back during the aim days, my grandma's running around her with aims. So. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. With uh, Russell Means and yeah, yeah, her yeah. and Russell Means and they're all really good friends. My grandma, she used to. It's kind of weird because like during the aim days, uh, 
it was like the aim versus like the goons back on back on uh Pine Ridge, which is the goons are like the guardians of Ogallala Nation. They call them goonies. And, mm-hmm. Um it was like obviously it was like split up between the Aimsters and and the Goonies. And the Goons were the I don't know if you ever heard of like Dick Wilson. He's kind of famous for being kind of going against the AIM movement back in Pine Ridge. Um, but it was kind of it was kind of like a civil war up there with a lot of guys who were it was like a lot of those the Dick Wilson was our tribal president back then and he was trying to shut down AIM. And uh, so there was like shootouts and stuff all the time and half my family was goon half my family was aim and my my grandma and them were the aimsters and all her all her siblings were part of the goons and so they were split up for a while there and my grandma she she would sneak in she would sneak in like protesters and aimsters and like charter buses like she would charter them from oklahoma up to south dakota and they would they would go like in you know back dirt roads and away from like the border police and she would sneak them onto the reservation and sneak them off and so she was uh she was running around like crazy during then during those days she told me a story about how she like burned down a courthouse somewhere in south dakota and, Whoa. <laughs> and uh, during the eight like yeah she was she was in it deep man she was uh her and russell means and all that so she got all kinds of stories man oh man <laughs> yeah that's why i like i like to just sit listen to her tell all that stuff it's crazy mm-hmm. it's crazy to hear all that stuff you know like how it really was she said she kept a little, a little twenty-two pistol in her shoe everywhere she went. And I'm like, man, Grandma, you're kind of a, kind of a hood. <laughs> and she's like this little old woman, you know, five-two, walking around like the nicest woman in the world. But you would never know that she was like a hardcore, hardcore uh, civil rights leader back in the day. Man, that's, that's pretty cool. <laughs> That is pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I didn't know that about uh, the goons. Yeah, I'll goons. send you. Uh, you have to look it up. There's a time it was called the uh, what was it? Something of terror, like the Reign of Terror, or something like that. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think it was like in the 70s, where on the reservation, like Pine Ridge, we actually had the highest uh, murder rate in the entire world because of like all the shootings and stuff between the aim and the goons goonies mm-hmm. i think that might have been why my grandma left the reservation at the time just because she didn't want to she didn't want obviously she didn't want my mom and them to be there when that all happened mm-hmm. or she wanted to keep them safe but yeah i mean it was a it was a it was a war zone for, for the most part back then it was crazy wow and i'm sure like have you ever have you ever watched like uh what is it thunderheart and all that stuff like those movies yeah, I've seen Thunderheart. Yeah, yeah, it's like all that you know when they pull up when he went when he went to the stronghold and like all that. I mean, that's how it was back then. So, mm-hmm. man, I have to rewatch that Thunderheart. Yeah. <clears throat> I haven't seen it in a while. You make me want to watch it now. It's <laughs> <laughs> a good movie. <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> yeah, from what I remember, because I used to watch that with my grandma a lot when I was a kid. Yeah, I think. Uh, Cause I didn't know what it was. I just remember, I remember the last, well, spoiler alert, everybody, if you haven't watched it, shame <laughs> on you, you haven't watched it, but I always remember that last scene where they're all in that Canyon. Yeah. Yeah. And they're all surrounding, uh, ah, I forgot who it was, but they're all surrounding that person with guns and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. 
I always remember that part of that movie. Yeah. And then um wasn't there a guy that was like a shapeshifter too? Oh shoot, was there? Now I gotta watch it again. <laughs> I know. <laughs> now I'm like, shoot, I got my get home and watch that movie again. <laughs> I'm watching it after this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. <laughs> you got any like um advice for you know the youth or just anybody like you know in general you know like any advice of like i know we talk a lot about it but you know just just closing like remarks of like you know right yeah you know the the one thing i've learned in life um really understood now is it's kind of cliche but it's the truth is what you put into something is what you're going to get out of it, you know? And, uh, you know, as for, 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 for all those people that want to achieve something greater, um, want to succeed, what you put into it is what you're going to get out of it. What you put into yourself is what you're going to get out of yourself in life. How much you invest within yourself, how much you invest within others. um, That's how far, that's what you're going to get out of it. You know, your return on your investment. Um, it's so important to stay true to, 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 to who you are and what you want to accomplish and, and continue to, to do good and to help people. Um, you know, life is, life is crazy as we, as we all know, and there's a lot of good, there's a lot of bad. Um, I think for me, it's always important to just, not to add to that negativity of life, but to try to take that negativity away from, from other people, you know, try to take the bad, put it somewhere where it's not going to bother anybody anymore. You know, um, life is try to keep it simple. You know, life is, life is as good as you can make it. And and, and it could be as bad as, as you make it, you know, the, the choices, the choices ours and what we want to do with it and, and how much we're willing to to invest ourselves into life. Um, so I don't have, you know, I don't have, I don't have much. Just I always want people to keep that, keep that in mind. You know, if you want it, you got to do it. If you want something, if you want something to change, there is no waiting on it. You know, there is no waiting on somebody else to do it. You got to be the one to do it. You got to be the one to initiate it and when if you're very if you're passionate about something if you really really care about something then you're able to find some like-minded people you know you it doesn't take much to create that change you know when you're when you're very when you're that passionate about it and you go about it in a good way it doesn't take it doesn't take much to create that that unstoppable wave of, of progress and of change but the first step is, you know, really reaching out and reaching within yourself and finding what it is that you're passionate about and what, how you, you know, how you want to change it and go about, you know, how you want to go about it. Um, you know, I've learned, I've learned, you know, there's, there's so many people out there that's willing to help you um, and willing to do good things, um, willing to assist you. You just have to be willing to put yourself out there. Um, that's about it. Yeah. You heard it from Teton, everyone.
Heard it. <laughs> so when's um when's the draft? Is that the first of May? Yeah, end of April, first of May. Yeah. Yeah. So well, hopefully that goes good. We'll see. Yeah. I'll be watching. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody tune in. See uh Teton get a go somewhere. Yep. You know? Hopefully it's not too cold wherever I go. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, if they're paying, I'm staying. So, <laughs> what would be the team you want to go to? Oh man, I honestly, I, I mean, I, I grew up a Green Bay fan, um, but at this point, shoot, I'll go. I love to just play for whoever you know, whoever picks me up. Mm-hmm. Like I said, hope, preferably somewhere where it's not too cold. But hey, sometimes you don't get to choose, so. <laughs> I don't mind. It's cool. It's cool regardless of where I end up. I wish Oklahoma had a team you could play here. Yeah, man. Well, I don't know. That humidity. <laughs> yeah. I, see, I don't know. Pass on me. I don't know if I want to play there. <laughs> trade me. No, just yeah, kidding. trade me. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> Do you want to shout out your uh, social? Shout out anybody as well, like how to follow you, or where to get in contact. I mean, the best way to probably reach out is through Facebook, you know, like through Facebook, or I'm I'm not as as you know personally, I'm not the best at like reaching out on, or like answering back on like Instagram and all that stuff. Um, mm-hmm. Just look me up, Teton Saltis on Facebook. You know, I always you know send me a request, uh, send me a message. Although I always try to check those. Um, my Instagram is, I think it's like beast, beast underscore mobile. Uh, I know, don't laugh. Um, <laughs> and uh, I think my Twitter and all that's the same. So, I mean, just look me up. Type my name in Google and it should, all, it should all pop up. All my Instagram and stuff like that. So, mm-hmm. go follow me or don't. It's up to you. <laughs> <laughs> you got some highlights on YouTube? People go yeah, I got a, I got a highlight tape. My junior year, on I think someone put, posted one on YouTube. Just type in like Teton Saltis uh, football highlights. I have a senior senior highlight film on my Instagram and Facebook and all that. So, yeah, go check them out, man. Let me let me know what you guys think. Yes, please go check them out, man. Teton is a really great guy, man. He's really cool, and um, you know he's gonna do a lot of great things, man, for not just the native community, but you know all communities, and he's doing that right now. And so thanks, Teton, for coming on and, you know, uh, making time. And, you know, I know you're really busy and everything, you know, and uh, I just appreciate you coming on and, you know, getting to know each other. And, um, yeah, yeah, we'll have to do it again, man, for sure, you know. And you're welcome back anytime on the podcast, you know, if you have something going on that's, Uh you know, football related or not or you know, if you have something going on with like a community that you're helping or, you know, we'll spread the word out, you know, on something yeah. that you're doing, you know, no problem. I appreciate you know? it, man. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I mean, I'd love, I'd love to come back on. So just let me know whenever and I'll make time for sure. Awesome, awesome yeah. man. I appreciate that. And you heard that, everybody. You heard that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I heard it. <laughs> Straight from the song. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, if you're not already following uh, Okie Podcast, everybody, uh, it's available on all platforms, uh, Apple, Spotify, Google, 
Google Podcast, Stitcher, Audible, Amazon Music. It's everywhere. And, um, you know, I enjoy doing this. I enjoy bringing guests on and just getting to know them and hoping you get to know them as well, man. It's a really, uh, it's a really cool thing, man. It's really cool that everybody's uh, getting back to me and wanting to come on. And I didn't expect that, you know, but it's really awesome that it's happening. And um, go follow the Instagram page if you haven't. I have a Facebook page as well, Oki Podcast. Um, and once again, Teton, thank you for coming on. Can't I can't thank you enough, man. And uh, just everybody, man, tune in to the NFL draft and watch where Teton goes and everything that, you know, he's going to do, he's doing right now and in the future, you know, keep up with him, man, because he's a really great human being. And, uh, you know, he's someone to look up to. He's a really good role model and everything. So uh, I guess until next time, everybody, peace.